2: Nobody really needs or wants home security until it's too late. free wireless home security system, and start enjoying the peace of mind of security today. Call 800-561-2351. 800-561-2351. 800-561-2351. This offers for new customers only. Termination fees apply. $99 customer installation charge and 36-month monitoring agreement required. All for details. License terms and conditions available at secureathome.com. If you call right now, you could get a free meter upgrade. In addition, we'll give you a free pedometer as our special gift to you. We have knee, back, and other braces available, as well as pharmacy services. Regardless of your age, if you suffer with diabetes and you have insurance, we can help. 888-303-9136. 888-303-9136, 888-303-9136, that's 888-303-9136.
3: Welcome, welcome everyone to Blog Talk USA. We are so happy to be here with you on this marvelous Monday. Before we get started, let me tell you how you can always find us, listen to our live programs and our archived episodes. The number to call to listen live by phone is 515-605-9375. Our website is blogtalkusa.com, and you can find us at uh, blogtalkradio.com forward slash blogtalkusa. You can also find us in podcast form on iTunes, Apple Radio, Stitcher, or pretty much any place you can find podcasts, you can find podcasts. Okay, without any further delay, let me give you to your host for Marvelous Monday, Dr. Shirley McKellar. Welcome, Dr. McKellar.
4: Thank you. Good evening. Good evening, Ms. Rihanna, and welcome right back here to Marvelous Monday. And it sounds like you're speaking through your nasal passage. What's going on?
3: <laughs> oh, <I'm, laughs>
4: I've quarantined myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I just have a little cold, I think. <laughs> oh, I guess you do. Well, just make sure you're taking good care of yourself. Did you stay home from work yes, today? Yes, so Oh, okay. absolutely. I'm really yeah. good. School, yes, is school yes. out for you guys still there in your area in yes. Kentucky? Yes. And how That's long will right. that extend? Yes.
3: How long uh, do you know right yet? Right
4: now they say, right now
3: they're saying two to three weeks. Uh, however, two to three weeks. Uh, our governor is awesome. He has been handling everything wonderfully. They're being very proactive on all fronts. And I suspect that it will be out longer than that. He's very uh, cautious, careful, informative, and kudos go out to Governor
4: Bashir. Excellent, excellent. Well, it looks like that there's a possibility that we're going to be out the rest of the school year here in Texas. Yes. There was a big meeting on, yes, so... Uh, It's a serious matter, and uh, prayerfully everybody is being very meticulous, and and I understand Mm -hmm. now we're down to uh, being in the midst of only 10 people, and so we're gradually taking it down, 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 and so uh, just be prepared for whatever may come uh, to fruition because there is a possibility that we'll be down to zero people unless they're the people in your family, and you have to be careful with the people in your family as well, because some of us have been out there around and about with people before we recognize the seriousness and the fact that this was in our community, in our country. And I think we have now here in our area, we have five con- uh, confirmed cases right now. So. With that being said, we're so excited, Miss Rihanna, to have such amazing guests on tonight. And I don't know if uh, if you have Dr. Donna Murphy that's already on with us right now. That's uh, out of Houston, Texas. Hi, uh, Oh, good evening. Hi, there's our there's it, one of our. And have, how are you doing? Ms. Arthur?
0: Hey, Welcome, Arthur.
4: Doing Fine. How are you
3: doing?
4: Great. Great. Okay, now go ahead, Miss Rihanna did you say that we do have Dr. Mercy on? I was letting you know we uh, your
3: co-host Bishop Gillery is on with us now and uh, we, oh, do, yeah, could, we do I believe we do have to
4: get Yeah, no, okay. Bishop Hello. Hello,
5: Gillery, how are you? Hey, doc, how are you doing?
4: I'm doing great. I you know it's a uh, it's serious issues going on in our country and I was just saying we we now have our fifth case. Have uh, confirmed a coronavirus here in Tyler, and in Tyler, uh, in the city of Tyler. Oh, absolutely, right here in right Tyler, here. Texas. Right here wow. in Tyler. Texas. I, I know it's a, it's a well,
5: serious. Let, let, serious let, issue. let me let you get in with the guests here. I I can just say that I'm very disappointed in your congressman, who was one of the away. ones we, who abstained.
4: Yes. Yes.
5: So welcome, to
4: go, guests. We have, have to, to talk to about.
5: Absolutely. Well,
4: well, I tell you what, Bishop, our guest is going to talk about (laughs) this as well, probably. Bring um, him on.
0: Hey.
4: Yeah. No, no, it's not a him. It's a her, uh, Dr. Donna Murphy out of uh, Houston, Texas, and then Dr., um, let's see, I hope Patricia, she's having a difficulty getting in, Dr. Patricia Roberts out of Fort Worth. Uh, Texas. Yes, I got on um, uh-huh. Oh, wonderful, greetings, good evening this, uh-huh. That's my sorority sister And, and how about Dr. Murphy, uh, Ms. Rihanna Is Dr. Murphy on from Houston, Texas? Dr. Murphy, are you there? She may be having do difficulties, have, Bishop I don't know if you have, I have, have all the lines, open. Okay, I have a difficult time in getting on And, and let me just start by saying Anybody that's not Uh, If you would go ahead and mute your lines And then when we call on you to speak Then you can open the back up And that way we don't hear the the background noise And the moving around and so forth But yes, the last conference call that I was on I had a really difficult time in getting on and on But I wanted to share with uh, you, Dr. Roberts That uh, the person, one of the persons here in Tyler And Bishop for you as well Is a physician, one of our physicians uh, okay. tested positive yes tested positive oh. positive late late last night right
6: oh. And so we
4: have to be very prayerful and concerned about our health care providers that are taking care uh, of, uh, of the people in the community. but um, but yes, Dr. Roberts, I think I sent you the information that, uh, and Bishop, if, if you want to take over it with her, with uh, Dr. Roberts, and you all can dialogue a little bit on that, and I'm going to go over and get on my other line and see if I can reach out to uh, to Dr. Murphy and see if she's, able, I may have to connect her in since it may be difficult for her to get into the line because I had, I, I tried for about five or six times before mm-hmm. I was able to get in.
7: As well That's correct And I think
4: Yes and I think Yeah Dr. Harris You were you were having The same difficulties mm-hmm. As well right Okay Well if Yes okay Bishop I'm going to Scoot Bishop Guillory Are you still with us I'm, Oh okay. yeah we, we only have problems oh, okay. When we have okay.
5: if it Shows about You know Me and Rihanna yeah. Got this to a side We only have problems When we okay. talk about Certain people Oh
3: <laughs> Oh is <if> that <laughs> The case oh, Hello
7: okay. Rihanna
3: <laughs> Hello there. How are you?
7: Okay, good.
3: Wonderful.
8: Hey, Rihanna, how you doing?
3: Oh, doing great. How are you? Fine.
7: Yeah, we looked at that uh, document. Have you, I'm sure you guys have seen that document. She probably forwarded it to you as well. Yes. Um, the one from, from the governor of Texas? Yeah. The so what? Yes. Uh, and he was talking about, action. Uh, yeah, the emergency plans. Yes. And you were saying the governor in your state, state has been very proactive. Uh, wonderful,
3: just wonderful, Governor Bashir, Yes.
5: Well, <laughs> our governor in the state of California is being <laughs> a nice man. That's all I can see. He's been a nice man. they are bending over backwards to take care of the the seniors and the and the people that are shut in and they're asking other residents and, and the citizens to do the same. But um it it makes me really, really sad that leadership is lacking
8: uh at the top.
5: And yeah. what is making what's happening is that the governors they're they're having to take the the, the 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 lead, and initiate things in their state. Initiate things, right. you know. And he's saying, "Well, that was part of my plan because I like to." No, that's never been a part of your plan. You like everything to come from you. You want to, you know, and that's why when he didn't, exi- he passed a buck the other day when they asked him the question about him dismantling. Call his name. his
8: so we can file you. Who, who are you talking about? <laughs>
0: If, not, if, if, you know you
8: know
5: not, if you don't Add know if you don't know I'm name. talking about number forty five. Say his name. Say his name. <laughs> number forty. Number forty five. Face
8: we'll face forty five. <laughs> uh, you know stuff happens to me when I say his name. Yeah. Well, the stuff happens huh? to me too. When I, yeah, yeah, stuff <laughs> happens
5: to me too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, sorry, I'm trying <laughs> not to say his name. Say forty five. Hey, listen. When uh, what, what, what's the what's the what's the monster when you say his name three or four or five times in the mirror? <laughs> I don't
8: want to be about me. I'm here I can't stand to hear him speak. I mean, I, I turn my TV. I can't <laughs> listen know, to it. <laughs> I like I'm serious. I, you know what? I've been praying.
5: I've been as a bishop, as an archbishop. I'm trying, trying to be an example. But whenever the man, I just say, you know, and now. Other people are starting to feel the same way. In fact, what is he going, what is he going to lie about now? You know, he, he just <laughs> right. a liar. If for him to call Biden a liar, I'm like, wait a minute, he's <laughs> lying about that. He's a liar. Wait a minute, I didn't know "truth" was even a word in your vocabulary. <laughs> right. I, I felt like a vampire if you said that word. Blood would <laughs> shoot out your eyes. But um, I think that
8: we got to exercise ourselves and say forty five. Say forty five, I know you're talking about. Because I thought you came man. out some while ago. But I, you came I'm out 45.
5: We're step up. <laughs> and, and let me also say this about about Bernie because in you know, the last week I have really, 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 really uh, become upset with Bernie. So Bernie called himself a social democrat socialist. So I started digging around. You know, it's a bad thing you have a little time on your hand at 4 o'clock in the morning. And you're digging around and you find out that, that wait a minute, Lavakovich is an actual organization and people that were in Russia, there were Jews, most of them, that believed in communism. And they considered themselves uh social socialist democrats. So a few months ago when we found out that Russia had helped Bernie. Bernie. And Bernie had he knew about it for three months and didn't say anything. Knew about it. Didn't say Roll a word. Didn't say a word. Roll with it. Roll with it. Roll with it. There was no <laughs> sort of uh uh Surprised when I found out that he didn't get out of the race He doesn't mind Taking this all And and fighting Biden the whole way I would think if it was just me And one person on the stage Me Rihanna was on the stage And she had her women's issues And she had other issues about where she lived Her geographical area She had other issues All of my issues would be against Trump mm-hmm. What I'm going to do to Trump I'm, I'm going to let people judge Me As to what I can do for Trump I wouldn't be asking about it Well answer this question Well first of all uh, uh, Bernie You have not answered one question Not one question On how you're going to pay for any of the ridiculous things That you've come up with And those responsible things included So I'm saying Why is he there? He's there to do exactly what he did the last time And I Did not understand why Hillary Clinton Had been mum's word because she knew things that took place in the campaign last time that B- Bernie had no intentions, just as if right now he has no intentions on and, being anything except for independent. And, 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 and to
8: piggyback, look at, look at, to piggyback on what you're saying, piggyback on what you're saying. Uh, last time, last election, the Russians bodied Bernie up. Last time, the Russians yeah. bodied Bernie up. This time. Twenty percent of Bernie voters went and voted for Trump, and I submit to yeah. you the same process is in place now. They just ride right. him. They want him. They want him to get to the And when he if he became the nominee, they would vote for Trump. I'm telling you what the program is. Right. Uh, they vote for Trump as so, soon as they got him up. They vote for Trump. So you know. So, so Bernie, and again, I like say tomorrow. Bernie. When, when Bernie got the bump, I said on this show, I said I hope the bot uh-huh. didn't happen. I said that. Right. Yeah. And and, and, well, well, and turned out the bot did happen. And I said, I'm telling right. you about Bernie. So, you know, Bernie—that's well, what they want him to run can again. Get
5: that information. I hope that through this show, my show, other shows, that we can get these millennials to understand that we had college debt as well. Okay, I worked two jobs when I went to college. My parents didn't pay for my college, didn't pay for my my housing, my car, or anything. I understand how difficult it is today, but it was difficult for us as well. That's part of sacrificing. But to sell out another four years because this man has promised to give you free uh, – that's free too. He sounds like an old used car salesman. Oh, that's free. That's free. A plumber. Everything's free. Just get me in and everything's going to be free. No, it's not going to be free. Somebody's going to pay for it. And when he said that he was going to uh, not just tax the one percenters, first of all, you know and I know that if you have – a billion dollars or several billion dollars. If someone says that they're going to tax you more, all you have to do is take
8: your money and leave. Hey, real, so, let's see what's free now. I don't care what they're talking about now. What's free? they yeah. about the data free. What was the data talking about? They're talking about giving <laughs> Americans, East American checks. Why? No, why are they doing that? They're doing that because we're in a service economy. Last time we had the Last time, in 2008 when we, had to, we went to blow up They gave the money to the corporation and That's why it took so long for us to recover We're in a service economy So now they're in this fight About giving money to uh, The people The, the, the folks that run the economy Our economy is 70%, 70% service That means people And so now right. you, know, you got this whole big thing going on now about Where to put the money at You know, they you know, They just gave a trillion dollars to the rich people Right you know, so, uh, so, so we're going to have to change some things going forward. And I submit to you this is an opportunity, guys, for us right. to uh, make this change. You know, I told you a new reality is coming. This is part of it. Now, mm-hmm. I thought okay. that most of us thought we are going to have a war. That he was going to start a war with somebody. But he got a mm-hmm. war. There's a war. A okay, guys.
4: War. I'm, I'm back. Thank you. Okay. Good evening. Welcome. I'm back. <laughs> okay. mm-hmm. I want, I want to join in on sure. that conversation, but I want to go ahead. I know these physicians are very, very busy people, so I want to bring them in so that they can carry on uh, with their work and still seeing uh, clients and everything. We have right. We have Dr. Donna Mercy. Dr. Donna, are you there? Yes, I am. Yes, great. Hi, Dr. Thank Donna. you, thank you, Dr. Mercy, for being in on, with us. Uh, This evening on Marvelous Monday, and we also have Dr. Patricia Harris out of Fort Worth, Texas, that's also on with us as well. Dr. Harris, are you still with us? Oh, yes, ma'am. Yes, I want you two ladies first of all to meet uh, one another. Maybe you can exchange information on what you what your practice is about, and then Doctor Donna, you can share with Doctor Harris what your practice is about. And then we're going to talk about uh, what's near and dear and on your heart about what's going on with us with this COVID nineteen uh, that's that's plaguing our country. I just mentioned to uh, the group early on that we now have five uh, persons here in. Tyler, Texas that uh, have been confirmed and the most recent one that was confirmed early, early this morning is a physician that has been taking care of uh, those here in our hospital. And let's see, just to introduce quickly, we have our co-host, uh, Bishop Guillory out of California, and then we have Miss Rihanna out of Kentucky, and Mr. Arthur out of Dallas, Texas, and I know that uh, Dr. Harris knows some of them. So, so Dr. Donna, go ahead and, and introduce yourself by telling us who you are and, and a little bit about your practice there in uh,
9: Houston, Texas, and thanks for being with sure. us. Sure. Thank you for having me. Um, uh, so, I am a physician scientist uh, who lives in Pearland, Texas, which is a suburb of Houston. Um, I my practice is as the director of scientific affairs for an EEG diagnostics company, um, which is actually based in California. And um, I, I guess the pertinent thing yeah. here is that um, there is a lot of talk in the medical community. Um, about how we can meet the health needs of people in this time when we are supposed to be socially distancing ourselves um, and really limiting non-urgent uh, engagement with other people. Um, and so what, what does that mean then, for, for instance, for the, the, the medical attention that we normally seek that might not be emergent or urgent, but is important, you know, in general? So there's a lot of talk about telemedicine. Um, we do telediagnostics. Um, this, the COVID-19 crisis is relevant um, in the severe cases of COVID-19. There's actually, um, it's quite common to have neurological manifestations, including encephalopathy and seizures. Um, and those are actually the indications for the services that we provide in ICUs. Um, I think more um, importantly to me, maybe not more importantly, but equally importantly to me personally, I spend a lot of my time as a community organizer outside of the paid labor I do for my company, Um, and a lot of that work is around um, racial justice and um, immigrant um, advocacy. Um, And so with the people that we see now, Um, or incarcerated, we say, um, in immigrant immigrant detention facilities in the United States, so in ICE detention facilities predominantly, but also still some are in um, Customs and Border Protection facilities And then many are also, the unaccompanied minors are in children's shelters, um, and we have tens of thousands of people who remain on the other side of our southern border and rolled into various programs to basically deny asylum um, to mostly Central American asylum seekers. All of these people are exceptionally vulnerable to COVID-19. So there is a lot of uh, discussion among that Um, the the people that I engage with in that part of my life about how we um, push our government to ensure that these populations of people are going to be safe and that just as we do for everyone else, that we mitigate um, the risk for them. Okay, great.
4: So, Dr. Harris, can you share quickly? And then we'll have a few questions that we want to ask uh, Dr. Murphy in regards to uh, what Governor Abbott's, uh, what the emergency plans are that she wants to see uh, take place for uh, health
7: care professionals in Texas. Go ahead, Dr. Harris. Yes, I am a family practice physician in Fort Worth, Texas, with a concentration, uh, well, I, at mostly I will say, you know, everybody knows probably what it is, but concentration with the elderly. So that is a concern, but uh we do something different every day. We have clinics, but we also go to their homes, and we also go to nursing homes. So they do have some services up. As as we've been told, the only people that are allowed to come, your loved ones cannot come and visit you now at the nursing homes. Only staff is allowed, or workers of some sort. And they're stopping us at the door, You know, asking us the three or four questions, getting your, your temperature, giving your gloves before you come in looks like the, most okay. of the workers are just wearing gloves in the rooms, not necessarily outside in hallways or anything like that. So they really okay. are taking precautions,
4: Right. And I, I must admit that on last week uh, at the VA hospital, they've shut down all the doors except two. They have people at the entrance to make sure that you're not running a temperature. If you are, then you're sent to a different area or you're sent back home just in case you may be just coming down with a a little bit of a flu bug. So, Dr. Murphy, tell us then what you'd like to see happen as far as this COVID-19 is concerned in helping to help those very vulnerable people, those persons that probably we may not even be thinking about that you just finished outlining? What is it that you'd like to see
9: happen uh, with as far as the governor is concerned? Yeah, so, you know, we have... Many um, Office of Refugee Resettlement facilities, for instance, for these are shelters for unaccompanied minors in the state of Texas. I think nationally, at present, we have about 4,000 children who are still uh, incarcerated. Um, is the language that we use? Um, about 90% of those children, um, they at least last year, this was this was uh, the number, um, have family that they could be released to. For some reason, last year, the number of days for these children being detained was exceptionally long, Um, and there's really no reason for it, and particularly in light of this crisis where we see the greatest risk among people in congregate care facilities uh, like ORR shelters. Um, We think it's really important for every level of government to do what they can to release these kids most expeditiously to their families, um, where they can kind of safely, um, uh, you know, be in their homes. And, you know, as, as all of us are trying to minimize the contact that we have with other people, um, we think that that's important, um, so I mean that's something that I think the governor could could take some action on. Be it could be influential on even though O.R.R. is a federal um, organization. Um, for instance, you know he could apply pressure within the state of Texas because the state um, is responsible for um, giving licenses uh, to all of these shelters as childcare facilities. So he has some leverage, um, and and so I think that he that should be used to kind of pressure the release of these these kids who have homes to go to. Um, um, yeah, I mean, th- the other thing he could do similarly, I think is, is to, um, You know, work whatever connections he has with federal authorities to ensure that the people in the ICE detention facilities are also safe. Um, And mostly we are advocating for the release of those people. Um, I I think similarly people who are kind of in the advocacy space for criminal justice reform are asking that nonviolent criminals be released as well. Um, We know that the risk is very high for people who are in those kinds of facilities to contract infectious diseases. We've had a number of, for instance, bumps and measles outbreaks um, in jails. And um, this is something that is totally avoidable if we just did not keep people locked up. Right. Well, let me ask you this,
4: uh, Dr. Murphy. Uh, Some people are saying uh, here locally and even not really paying close enough attention, in my opinion, uh, staying the distance, not socializing, still going out Still being really involved in activities that are going on. Do you think that we're being over-precautious by telling people, I know today? 45 says now no more than uh, 10 people in your environment, whereas I can tell you that people were sitting in their churches uh, right next to each other, and there was some sneezing and coughing, some upper respiratory problems. You can hear it, uh, and but people are still sitting there. I, I, I say like sitting ducks, that you're waiting for things to happen uh, to you that you become ill. Do you think that we're, we're, we're mm, should I say, being too precautious, uh, we're being overzealous. Uh, what are, What are your thoughts in regards to that? And then I'll ask the same question for Dr. Uh, Harris.
9: Yeah, I don't think that we're being overly cautious. I think that um, there there isn't any uh, need for being panicked about the situation because fear driven behavior is never good for anyone. Um, the the kind of hoarding and stockpiling that people are doing, I think, is for the most part. Um, uh, an overreaction, it's it's not really necessary. Um, because the advice that we're getting is that, you know, if you're asymptomatic, you can still engage minimally to get your necessities met in the community, right? You can go to the grocery store, just be cautious about when you go, and while you're there, be cautious about how you engage with the space around you. Um, You know, you should be wiping things down, you should be attempting to go when it's less crowded. Um, You know, ideally, if you can send fewer people out into the community from your household, that also would reduce risk of uh, contracting the infection. Um, So, I I mean, I I think that the the response by the government um, has been... um, it, it, it should have been a lot sooner that they took action right. like this. Um, they did yeah, not take definitely. it seriously enough early enough um but now some of the things that are happening are appropriate and and I do see a lot of people in our communities um who think that it is an overreaction that it's you know a, a, it's really restricting their ability to move and that's an inconvenience for them and so they just defy the advice and um this is a real problem i mean this is where we will um, not be able to flatten the curve, as they say, if people continue to defy the advice we 'll see something more like what was seen in Italy, for instance, where I think you know speaking to colleagues who are there it um, I, I think it 's like maybe a bit cultural that people are kind of um, not as mindful of authority. <laughs> And so so when when they were given the advice to to stay indoors and to not go out and engage or um, congregate in large groups, um, it seemed that a lot of people did not take that advice seriously. And now they're just totally on lockdown. You know, people are not allowed to leave their homes. I think one person can leave once a week or something like this to get groceries. Um, But it's very, very restricted movement. Um, and they, they've they had a lot of mortality and morbidity unfortunately, and we're going to repeat that. There will be parts of the United States that will absolutely repeat that scenario. So right. I, I think it, it, is, it is important for people to take this very seriously. Let me the ask them uh, before that, we get...
4: What? Can we make sure that everybody mutes their lines? We're, we're getting a lot of background noise. Right. Uh, go ahead. Well, McKellis, right, if I think I heard let, you. Let, yes,
5: sir? Yeah, let me say this. One of the problems that I have is that You know, in the years past, for the last twenty years, I've been working Mm -hmm. with government agencies dealing with emergencies. uh, First Katrina, then Rita, then Ike, uh, then you know, but but never have you had someone so unpresidential to handle a situation where you don't have the heads of the CDC, the heads of FEMA, the heads of the Red Cross, the the heads of different other organizations who've spent their whole life in preparation for dealing with emergency situations. When you have a president who is unpresidential, Mm -hmm. people don't believe what you say. So I can can understand how people are going out. uh, uh, They call, uh, 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 they they said that they are hoarding water. Well, wait a minute. You just said that they're going to be locked in their house for three weeks. At this point, they can't believe anything that you say because they may not have running water. Uh, Mm -hmm. Because you didn't get your information out to let the people know what they were getting bits of information from this place and that place. Five days went by before people started buying up all of the the hand sanitizer and waters and toilet paper. People were buying more toilet paper and paper towel than they were food. When you Mm -hmm. have people who are not leaders in leadership positions, when you have agencies being defunded, in fact, CDC is still on the uh, budget to be defunded or have their funds drop down. So I think that here in California, what we have done is got with the Civil Air Patrol, we've got with nurses and doctors, urgent care uh, uh, providers, and we have started to do our own Intervention and setting up uh, testing places and pre testing places because the leadership that we were expecting is not coming. So, yes, we don't want people to be out looting and going, you know, but when you tell a person that they're going to be confined in their homes, particularly the seniors, I'm listening, I listened to you earlier about with the seniors, we have seniors ambulatory. And they, they, they have meals on wheels delivering their food. Well what's gonna happen on the weekend? What's gonna happen, you know, so there there's a lot of issues and I think that, you know, giving a check to people uh but telling them don't go out is not gonna is not gonna solve it. And I'm glad right. that there's a platform like this for you all to come on and uh but I think that we have to do more and I'm hoping that the medical association and the nurses association would you know would uh, put more information out there so that we can protect ourselves and we can protect you all in the, your capacity as the providers for us. Thank you. I agree.
4: And thank you. And that's kind of what uh, Dr. Uh, Murphy, that's the purpose of our uh, talk tonight uh, it is just exactly for that, uh, that same purpose is to get disseminate that information out there because there are a lot of questions that people have, uh, but we want to make sure that people comply with uh, the answers to those questions. Listen to the CDC. We, we're blessed to have in our mm-hmm. city the president of the National Infection Control and Disease Process right here in Tyler, Texas, Mr. George, Dr. George um roberts and as you probably saw him bishop he spoke at uh they called him into washington dc spoke at the press club to disseminate the information all throughout america so i'm uh dr harris come of in and, uh, and you want to respond to oh and then bishop i want to mention to you that here in tyler uh they're, they're giving them food, uh, the uh, Meals on Wheels is disseminating food for them throughout the entire weekend once they deliver on Friday. And then we have, because of our schools are out, we have food drops for those students who depend upon the food program uh, in our public schools. So they're working to get the the issues out there and solve the problems that, that people are, are running into. Uh, Dr. Harris, go ahead and... Uh, and give us a little dialogue on that question That I asked for uh, Dr. Murphy Who did an amazing job And then we're going to talk about How we can cut down
7: on the fear of our children
4: Because they're wanting to know Why they're continuing to be out of school Go ahead Dr. Harris.
7: Yeah well I, I do think that <clears throat> As I'm sure all of uh, uh, The people here at our session agreed, that the way that it was Verbalized um, It was so sudden when, That when there was a sudden change of 45 it, it did put the fear in the hearts of other people now one of the, now, one of the problems that we're having is we do have food drives if we're, for the seniors can get at certain locations and uh, we check today and some of those food drives you know the drops where the seniors can just select what they want they have been canceled oh wow so, so, wow. so really we would have to check a little bit further and see what happens oh go ahead yeah
4: Oh, that's interesting. I, that that I don't understand. Well, this okay. is what I want to bring out. Even though you're right, this dropped on a sudden. But let's reflect back. And Dr. Murphy, you could probably dialogue on this. But when did we first? When did the government first find out about COVID nineteen? It wasn't a few. It wasn't a few days ago. It wasn't a couple right. of so weeks ago. When was it? Does anybody know when that date was? When we first was, was that around December? That? Yes, exactly correct. That's exactly correct. So, but anyway, and and nothing really transpired because it was said politically that it would make 45 look bad if we put it out there, so it didn't get out there. But Dr. Murphy, tell me how we could handle talking to our children about this because I think it was Bishop or someone, oh Dr. Harris maybe, says we don't want to be fearful. I mean, we just want to be proactive. We want to prepare uh, to make sure that all the things that we need to do to take care of to make sure that that we keep this country safe. But how can we handle this with some of the ways that we can handle this with our children and at different age levels? Because the older children probably understand, but some of the younger children may not quite understand.
9: Go ahead. Yeah, that's a very good question. Um, I, I think that um, it, it's, it's important to teach them a bit about the history of pandemics, um, that, that this is not the first time in human history that this that this has happened. It's happened many times, um, and that we, you know, in all likelihood, we will as a population prevail, um, that there are people who are at particular risk. And I think it's really a great opportunity to introduce children to the idea that, Um, that there are vulnerable populations, like for actually any topic that we discuss, right? Like anything that affects society affects us often uh, differentially. Um, And to talk about those kinds of disparities, this is a good way to to talk about those kinds of disparities in general. Um, In this case, COVID-19, you know, has older and people who have chronic illness Um, and children, I think often um, it's difficult for them to fully grasp the importance of them uh, abiding by all of these constraints when they themselves are not actually uh, with, you know um, and so so we need to convince them that it's kind of our responsibility as a community within our families it's our responsibility to keep our elders safe um, and within our communities, it's our responsibility to keep our elders and other vulnerable people safe, and that means that we have to play a part in that. Um, and it means that our freedoms, at some level, are going to be um, restricted a little bit for some for some time. And um, I think it helps them a lot also to uh, to maintain some routine in what what we do to to not get too carried away about like all of the. Um, uh, the frightening possibilities, right, in, in the world of possibilities of what might happen. Um, this is probably also be- good for the sanity of adults as well. Um, it's to as much as possible to kind of continue with our routines. For those of us who are fortunate enough to be able to work from home and for those of us who aren't that have opportunity to organize that with our employers, it's really important that we do that now. Um, it, it's good for us to continue to do those things. For children, there are so many things, Um, that we can do, uh, you know, when we have access to the Internet or even to other people through telephones and and, um, video teleconferencing. Um, I worry a bit about the people who don't have those resources, um, quite a bit about those individuals. And so, you know, again, for those of us who are more fortunate, the families who are more fortunate, again, it's an opportunity to talk to our children about how we organize our families and our communities to provide for those people who don't have those. Um, Yeah. And... Yeah, the other thing I wanted to say is that I um, had started this forum, I think, yesterday, and it's gone viral on Facebook, Um, and it's basically – it's called the Data-Driven – what did I call it? Like data-driven COVID-19 discussion forum or something like that. Um, okay. it, I've seen that there was a, a lot of misinformation on face in Facebook groups, um, in uh, on Twitter um, about COVID-19 and and our response to it. Um, and and I think it's important that scientists and physicians, um, other healthcare providers, uh, nurses, or respiratory therapists. Um, people in public health, that we are, even educators, because now kids, you know, kids are very much affected also, right, Um, not not by the disease, but by by the action that we have to take in order to mitigate the the harm caused by the disease societally. So, um, you know, we have a lot of expert knowledge in our communities that we don't really leverage because there are people who are considered experts and who are in uh, positions of authority, that those are the folks that you hear from. But what people don't understand is that actually we are very powerful ourselves. And when right. we organize ourselves, right, and um, and I think in this facilitated forum or moderated forum, it's really great um, because people can identify themselves with their expert, uh, expertise, and we do a lot of kind of community learning about scientific literacy, um, and people are able to ask the clinical questions that they have or even questions about, like, what kinds of things can we be doing with our kids or, as you asked me, how do we talk to them about this crisis?
7: There
4: yeah.
9: are people very within good. our communities who can serve as experts. So yeah, I invite everyone to to join that. It's a public group.
4: Right, very good. And so see, the reason why I thought of that is because children are not quite understanding why they cannot visit with their grandmother, their grandfather, and why they're kept in rooms away from the rest of the family. And so I I thought it's just very important for us to be able children. Real calmly, I'd say, and Dr. Harris, you may have uh, some comments that you want to add to it. And then then after that, the next question I'm going to ask is then, what are the recommendations that you ladies uh, see that healthcare professionals should have? I think there's a a list of things, Dr. Uh, Murphy that uh, came from Oregon that, that healthcare professionals can do and we can dialogue a little bit more on that. But are there any other things that uh, Dr. Harris that you'd like to add that we can say and how we can handle our children, our grandchildren in regards to COVID-19?
7: <clears throat> well, depending on um, what kind of coverage okay. the parents are able to get for their uh, kids and what how the employer Helps the family is a huge deal. Now, at the Parks Mall in Arlington, Texas, they're closing down. They're they're ha- the entire mall is like mostly half days now. Now this okay. gets into the family structure, not just for caring for the children, but are we got? Do we have services in places in like Arlington and Fort Worth that feed these families? Uh, now some of the the stores in uh, the Parks Mall are going to let their employees be off for like a week or two, and they say they're going to pay them for the hours. Now, I don't know if that's 100%, but that has a bunch to do with feeding the children and the parents that have to work, being able to find caretakers for them is is an issue still. Right,
4: true. And I think that that's probably something that's going to come down from Congress uh, that we have to continue to be able to pay for uh, pay them so that they continue to buy the things that they need in order to have the food into the family, inside the family. That's one of the things that we've probably talked about before this show is over in regards to the representative here in our area that's holding things up uh, there in uh, in Congress. So uh, then I'll go back to you. Uh, Dr. Murphy, and if you can outline uh, some of the things that that healthcare providers and professionals can do, because uh, Bishop brought in a very, very important uh, question or, or a comment, and that is that we and we all have to be on the same page, doing the same thing. Uh, that this state over here is not doing one thing and that's doing another thing. And so uh, that since this is a federal, well, this is a national and international issue that we should all be on the same page and so that people won't be confused on, on various issues. But what are some of those things that you see that healthcare providers and professionals can do here in Texas?
9: I, I may have to defer here to Dr. Harris because, Dr. Harris, it sounds like you are, are on the ground seeing patients. Actually, my day-to-day work is really with um, diagnostic studies, <laughs> so I don't see right. patients in person. I see them on a screen in the ICU. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Maybe Dr. Harris can better answer this. Well, I, I, I think
4: probably if, like Bishop said, uh, somebody said that, that we have to kind of empower them. I think that was some of your information that you sent out that we should establish and empower the people so that they won't be fearful because I guarantee you people that I have spoken to people that call me because I have just kind of reclused myself and stayed within my own environment here because I I have to protect me first but uh, but they call and so I talk to them about uh, speaking very calmly and quietly with the children don't 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 get them you know, more fearful, uh, provide things for them to read and, and enjoy. They, they may not be able to go out to the park because I'm not sure that I would want to be on the swings and things at the park unless they they were scrubbed down and they probably are not. So uh, books and, and just things that, that the young children, and, and I'm really, really concerned about the young children because they're the ones who don't quite understand why they can't spend their time with their grandmothers, and why they can't go out to play, and why they can't go back to school? Because there are some students that were ready to go back to school today, but was not able to. One of my friends who's on with us now, Miss Sierra Evans, says that I I actually went and took my child out of child care, even though they have it open. But she does you don't you don't know who has. These things. And so let's talk a little bit, maybe then, about symptoms. I know that you can talk about that, Dr. Murphy, you and Dr. Uh, Harris, how we can differentiate uh, the COVID 19 uh, symptoms from the flu symptoms, from even the allergy symptoms. We know this is the allergy season here in Texas. And you may walk outside and you see all this pollen on your vehicles that they're sitting out there. So, can we dialogue a little bit on how we can try to differentiate between the symptoms of those three issues that those three diagnoses that I just mentioned?
9: Sure. So, there there is um, a, a great graphic um, that it comes from the WHO and CDC, um, and it it. In, illustrates like the difference between the differences between COVID-19 and influenza. I mean, they definitely have overlapping symptoms um, in that dry cough and and fever um, are present in, in both Um, the, I guess some of the differences is that uh, the other kind of upper respiratory symptoms that you might see in, in the flu, Um, you don't necessarily see uh, as commonly uh, in in COVID-19. It's generally about, uh, I think on average, it's about five to six days after exposure um, that you might start seeing symptoms, um, but up to about 14 days you can see symptoms. So if you've been exposed or you think there's a potential exposure, then the most conservative thing to do would be to self-quarantine for that number of days, 14 days. Um, to ensure that you don't actually develop symptoms that might be concerning for, for COVID-19. Um, I don't know if you want to add anything to that, uh, Dr. Harris. Yes, yes,
4: Dr. Harris. And Dr. Harris, as you're adding, please talk to us a little bit about the importance of changing out our toothbrushes. We should change those out on a regular basis anyways. I don't know how pe- how long people are told to use their toothbrushes, but Talk a little bit about that and oral care. I thought about that early on today because I was looking at the communion and people taking communion and placing containers back into the communion tray, which should have been disposed of immediately and not placed back where others had to continue to take a communion. But dialogue a little bit as you're talking to us a little bit
7: about mouth hygiene. Thank you. Well, most of the yeah. dentists say you should change even even when there's no COVID around. You should change your toothbrush right. at least twice a year. So that's nothing new. But now the only thing is, since this is so new and the people have had different types of flu, they've had different types of ammonia. They're not really sure when they got exposed. Right. So the fact that they're setting up all these places to get them get samples to see, well, why are you sick? that's the differentiating factor because as the doctor expressed to you, it's just so many things that parallel each other. Exactly. And uh, then back to the, you know, back to the kids. Yes. You have to have certain supplies and um, the kids at home. It just depends on who is going to educate the family on what you need to change and just what you need to do. They're just telling people, Oh, just stay away from people. But, the personal hygiene things at home, they're not being educated on that. Very true.
4: Well, And, and let me just share this. I'm a little anal retensive, but I, I change my toothbrush about every two and a half to three months. I, I don't go, I won't ever go past that. And then I always say that don't, even though it's your bathroom, and you know how often you clean it, but when I have my toothbrush in my bathroom, I don't have it open. I keep it in a closed container, uh, because I, that's just me and, uh, and, and my upbringing, the way I was taught. But, but you're right. we got to make sure that, that that's why I say everything has to be pretty universal, uh, and we need somebody on national television that's always disseminating information out there, and we have not seen that. Uh, with well, we've seen it. Dr. Fossey, as, as a matter of fact, Anthony Fossey has done an amazing job in in preparing us. And when we hear one thing from 45, then he tells it just exactly the way it is. And and so once again, we don't want to. We don't want to cause anybody to be fearful, we just want to be uh, proactive and not reactive uh, to situations. Bishop, or uh, the rest of the team, if you any of you have any questions of these two positions, by all means, uh, go right ahead.
8: Yeah, uh, I'd like to, uh, first of all, uh, I've enjoyed the uh, conversation uh, and uh, you know, you've provided a lot of good information. Uh, <clears throat> so I'm going to ask the of uh, it's kind of like a Conglomeration of questions, so y'all can just kind of answer as you please. Uh, okay, if, if I if if uh, if I'm in a relationship and I take a, and it's me and the person, we take our temperature every time we see each other, uh, and both our temperature is good, are we good in relationship context? Uh, I also, now a lack of leadership has created the, the uh, fear. That you guys are talking about, are we dealing with. So how do you? So what do y'all recommend to manage the fear? Of what can we do as individuals to protect ourselves and families, like at the local level, like on the day to day? Like if i like if I got, a i house with five kids, you know what do we need to do? You know, do, you know, do I need my kids paying for the neighbors' kids? Or I tell them, do I keep them in the house. I mean, what do I do? So basically, uh, so those are my questions. It's kind of conglomeration, but. Yeah, you know, just kind of ask them as you can.
7: So well, with are uh, same uh, basic.
9: Uh, oh, go ahead. Oh, you were thinking so?
7: Well, they're talking about limiting exposure to other people because you just don't know. I mean, we haven't gotten on, on the level with the Italians as of yet, but kids are going to have some contact. Or you know, especially with the working parent, they won't they won't be they have a difficult time closing them, you know, controlling them because some of them have laptops at home, some of them don't have laptops at home, home if they cannot go outside. And then you have families who have to work, and so then they may have to combine families to well, I'm be
8: able to sustain income. I'm talking about worst case scenario, the one that don't have nothing. Yeah, that one. Tell me what they need to do. Not the one that got the laptop. Tell me about the one that don't. Tell me about the one that's most disadvantaged. What do they need to do to protect their families?
7: She's talking about support. Is it entertainment or child care or health care? No, I mean, as far as 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 coronavirus,
8: how do they protect their families from the coronavirus? You know, kids playing with neighbor kids. Uh, You know, I I can't, I got to go to work of what i need to do what i need to tell my kids to do i got five kids here i mean not me but i'm just saying um you know what first I
4: mean? First of all, up. may I jump in? I want to jump in. Sure. Matt. First of all, mm-hmm. we we have got to make sure that our children are not playing with the neighbor's children. Uh, we have to find activities for our own children to take on right in their own environment, in their own home. Now, that doesn't mean that they have to stay inside of the house all the time. They have a backyard or they can go out in the yard, go in the porch, uh, but they should not be interacting. We should stay at least six feet away from any other family until until this passes. And they're saying within the next 30 days that we just need to kind of uh, self-quarantine ourselves, uh, even though we don't have we don't know whether we have anything or not because we can be asymptomatic and, and be positive to the coronavirus. Hope not. Uh, but uh, but let me use as an example of what happened here in Tyler, Texas. Uh, we had we had exchange students. We have a large group of exchange went home to China, went home to Italy. And so they in as they return back and people returning back. Then therein lies five confirmed cases that we have. I don't know where they got them from. They don't know where they got them from. But because you're mixing and mingling with so many different people that you don't know who has what, it's best to contain yourself as much as you possibly can in your own environment and by all means protect the children.
8: Okay, you can married, I, 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 Doc, I, Doc, let me ask Doc a question right quick. Okay, Doc, you married. Well, what about people yes, I not am? married? How, how do they handle their stuff? I mean, you, know, you got a girlfriend over here. Uh, you know, uh, you know, she's still hanging out with her camp people. So, you know, what I
4: do? Let her stay at home with her camp people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I still say, and I'm sure the docs will agree. I still say, within the next thirty days, we all have to be as meticulous as we possibly can because this is easily spread by contact. We know how it spread, so we know what we need to do in order not to bring that into our own family, in our own environment. And so it's hard for people to, to, to grasp that because people, as I said, are still out and about. They're still they're still sitting close to each other in churches, in meetings. I mean, they're just still going about their daily just as if these, this is not happening.
9: Ladies um, I, go ahead. I just want to jump in there. I wanted to add here that um, I had uh, I'd written actually a, a petition to the Governor, which I probably will put together and send to him tomorrow. We have a, about three hundred uh, signatories on it right now, um, all health professionals in this um, and and one of the um, issues that we do address is this uh, this this challenge of, of children being at home and they're not necessarily being cared for them and how do you keep them engaged um, Yes. Yeah. And I think that, you know, a potential solution to this, um, and this I've read in a couple of different places, is to, you know, identify perhaps one family with children as well, other than your own, um, where you, you know, are candid with each other about, um, you know, any symptoms that anyone in your household may have had. And as long as both families have been symptom-free for the last two weeks, um, it would be okay to kind of engage with that family as kind of the, the, the friends, the play, playmates of your children for the next 30 days, right? Um, and uh, for, for the parents who have to go to work, um, who are fortunate enough to go to work in some sense, um, but also going to be pro- probably putting themselves at a little bit of risk uh, in doing that, and they they may need childcare still, so that right. you know, that situation. I think um, if you can ensure that the care that you are going to be um, securing for your kids is with other people, perhaps with children um, uh, who are not symptomatic and have not been for the last couple of weeks, you know that's one way to continue to mitigate the risk. Um, while not, you know, denying our, our needs as human beings completely, right? I and mean, it's very difficult right. with young children um, to, to not have them engaged for that period of time. Um, and I think it's unrealistic to say just don't do it um, because people will just do it. <laughs> so yeah. um, they are doing I, I think it, it they exactly, are they are doing it, mm-hmm. so it is important to still say it, but then to say, But if you're going to do it, this is how you do it cautiously um right that and and yeah. That, that's important too. And as far as relationships, it's very, it's very similar. Whoever your partner happens mm-hmm. to be, um, make sure that they haven't been symptomatic in the last couple of weeks. And yeah, I mean, if you're going to fever screen each other, uh, that's amazing um, but that that also <laughs> works because you can sometimes run a low grade fever and um, right. and the symptoms be mild, you know, in, in younger people, the symptoms can be quite mild. So Um, that's not a bad idea to do that as well and just as as long as you guys know who your exposures have been and and you're mitigating exposures in other realms of your life whether it's work um, or otherwise, um, then I think you can continue to meet up with your, your partner. Because, again, it's the same scenario with, like, another family, like a partner family for your children's entertainment. You know, it's as long as you know who their exposures are, that you guys have not been symptomatic and neither has that family, similarly with your partner, I think that you can safely continue to engage in those activities. Okay,
8: what's your name? Wait, hold What's your name, doctor, so I can tell her uh, that you told me that it's okay. What's your name? Doctor <laughs> <that's
4: her> Murphy. <laughs> she said no, don't t- don't put her name out there about anything like that. You're taking it at your own risk. <laughs> but the one thing that we can talk about is that some recommendations of, because it says stay at home, especially if you're sick, because once again, there's been people who have been asymptomatic, but they took the test and proved to be positive, so just keep that in mind, but also, doctors, either one of you, just remember when we were growing up and our parents used to say to us, keep your hand up from your face. Don't, don't put your hand in your nose. Don't put your hand in your eyes, your mouth, your, all of that. I can remember as a toddler, and we, they would say, because you have germs on your hands, but we didn't know what that meant. We didn't know what germs meant at, at, at age two or a toddler, but as we grew up, we understood. So those are some of the things that we can dialogue and talk about on teaching our children and teaching grown ups as well, because you'd be surprised how many times per day, if you don't think about it, that you would touch your face. So can you dialogue on that a little bit and talk about the uh, percentage of alcohol and hand sanitizer and so forth and so on, either one of the docs or both? Go ahead. You can go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Dr. Donna, go ahead.
9: Oh, sure. Give us Um, us some recommendations. Yeah, For children, I think it's important to, um, to realize that no matter what you do, they're going to do what you don't want them to do. So um, You want to be, of course, more attentive to them, particularly when you're around people who aren't um, from your household. Um, or out and about in the environment. Right. So, you know, like uh, Dr. Harris mentioned, you probably don't want to go to a playground because no matter how much you try to ensure that your kids are going to be safe there in terms of exposures, they're probably going to get exposed. I mean, you can be out and walking around as long as you're not near people. Um, that's fine. Um, and, and you're asymptomatic, that's totally fine. Um, but, you, yeah, you should realize that kids are going to touch their faces and they're going to touch surfaces, they're going to touch each other. So, um, yeah, the, the alcohol is important, but you, you want to watch them and you want to be very vigilant about cleaning their hands if you catch them, you know, uh, touching their faces um, or touching surfaces. Um, but, I mean, I think as much as possible, you probably don't want to put them in the environment Uh, to begin with where they can catch something or they can give something to someone um, either directly or indirectly um, because they're going to, they're going to do, what they're not supposed to do, so you want them to be in an environment where it's not going to matter, right, and in your own household that should it, that should hopefully not matter if you're an intergenerational household and or you have people with chronic illnesses, um, you still have to be a bit more cautious um, with your children around the the older people. you have to keep an eye on them to make sure that they don't start to show symptoms um, and then you do have to really try to isolate them from the older people or the more vulnerable people in the household. Um, the alcohol, as far as the alcohol, 60 to 70% alcohol will kill, um, uh, it attenuates the viral load, basically. Um, so they, that's what they recommend. Um, bleach also, 0.1% bleach is effective um, in killing yeah. the virus. Um, and then also you can use uh, soap and water, of course, uh, for your hands. Okay. That's probably the most effective thing you can do. You just have to be mindful about how you do it. Most people don't do it right. Um, you yeah. just have to wash for a full 20 seconds. You should wet your hands with warm water, then lather for 20 seconds, get in between the fingers, underneath the nails, um, on the yeah. back of your hands, uh, and then rinse with warm water again. Um yeah, the, I mean, these are the precautions that you can take. But again, at the end of the day, with children especially, even adults, but with the children especially, it's it's really being um, attentive to the environments that you put them in, because they're going to defy you.
0: Yeah. Hey, 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 and, and, that's okay. that's and those one children
9: more are going
7: to touch other people any way you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, I was hey, just going to ask uh, you, Dr. Ha-
4: Harris, if you, would, <laughs> if you would give us who the highest risk of this complication is who are the persons who are at highest risk, and then we'll go back to Dr. Uh, Mr.
7: Arthur. Oh yes, just as the doctor stated earlier, it seems to be older people, and people okay. with a lot of comorbidities. Where I mean with a lot of issues, a lot of medical problems. But like mm-hmm. she stated about small children, when you have in, intergenerational families, which is what I take care of, it's, it's you got to watch the kids because it's difficult to separate um, the people in the family and say, oh, well, don't no. touch grandma, don't do that. That's right. not going to happen.
4: Right. That's true. So what are some of the diagnoses such as uh, as, uh lung diseases and, and some of the other uh, disease processes that that people may have that's impaired their uh, immune system, some of the other diseases? Because there's a lot of people that probably listen to this show and a lot of people that we see on a daily basis that have some of these compromising diseases that would be susceptible. What are some of the others aside from uh, lung
7: diseases?
9: Um,
4: car- cardiac
7: disease. Be- mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be um, HIV, anything that makes you susceptible, mm-hmm. and and just people just have generalized fatigue or anxiety. And as you know, f- fatigue and anxiety, and depression can lead to any type of resi- you know any wow. type of resiliency to any kind of disease.
8: Sure. Question. Yeah. That's the doctor's question real quick. A uh, hundred years ago, when 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 the, when that big epidemic came around and killed millions of people, uh, then they eventually figured out. That what people need to de- do was take more baths and be more cleaner, so people start, so, so then people start taking baths where, you know worldwide for that you know like once a month uh, wh- what behind this pandemic, what do you think that will be something that will be lasting or something that would be different than what than what we have right now as far as this pandemic? you know like you know bathing and, and, and hygienics came out of that one. So what's going to come out of this one? you Go ahead,
7: uh,
3: <laughs> that's, Yeah, that's a same really good
7: question. Um, yeah, pretty much. I think we pretty much cover that. Yeah. <laughs>
8: with, with, I think. Okay. So, so. Well, I, I'm I'm a, I,
4: go ahead,
8: Doctor no, Murphy. No, go ahead. no, we'll be clear on my question. Then I'm asking, came out of that one. What's gonna come out of this one ain't gonna be what came out of that one. So that's because that's already came out of that one. So, well, he, what's going to come out of this one that's going, to be, that's going to be different in America? Like, now in America, everybody knows going to go take a shower and a bath, okay? And they came out of that last epidemic. So, what's going to come out of this one, in your opinion?
9: Yeah, so I, my experience as a neurologist, I think, is informative here because I,
1: you know, and I
9: think this is true for anybody in medicine. Like, often we see that people are not really, um, they're not really receptive <laughs> to our uh, advice. That they take yeah. preventative measures um, yeah. to protect health. So, for instance, you know, I don't—I I have patients who I might tell who have diabetes, who have cardiac, you know, um, coronary artery disease, who mm-hmm. have high sorry, um, yeah, high blood pressure, high cholesterol. Mm-hmm. I might tell them, mm-hmm. you know, you need to take care of all these problems. If you don't, you may have things like a heart attack or a stroke. And it's like I never heard until they have a heart attack or a stroke. And at that point. Um, some people, not all people, but at that point, people realize, wow, she's right. <laughs> but it takes, it takes a kind of crisis for people to understand that. And what's interesting but. about covid 19 is that it affects those very people, those people with chronic illnesses, with diabetes, with high blood pressure, with cardiac disease, with lung disease. Um, it's those very people who, you know, some of them have, um, have. Engaged in behaviors which they could have not engaged in that have resulted in these chronic illnesses, um, and more um, mindful of, of, of preventing uh, any uh, any sequelae like this, right, or risk to any disease um, like not just heart attacks or strokes, but now COVID nineteen. So I think um, this is something that people expect to be around for a while. I think some estimates by the end are, are that by the end of a year. Um, we will have something like 30 to 70% penetration, like people infection. Um, in in our population, um, so so much like the flu, people are predicting that we may have to have a vaccine that addresses this, um, and it may be something that is modified, you know, uh, every so often, okay, just so, as the flu vaccine is. Uh,
8: okay, well, I get, uh, and, and, okay, And so, I doc, uh, Dr. Oh, look, I
9: Murphy, this is a,
4: but Dr. Murphy, you just outlined all of the underlying health uh, conditions that I was uh, I was inquiring about a second ago. <laughs> you named out almost every single one of them. But go ahead. Uh, uh, go ahead, Mr. But, but
8: Arthur. My que- but, but, but my question was, when the when the when the next virus come around, when next Corona come around, what will we have learned from this Corona? That will be in place for the next corona. That's what I'm asking.
4: But see, but I, can I jump in there with that question? See, here's here's the deal. N- nothing is really new. Universal precaution is what has been taught down through the years that people don't do. Uh, physicians and healthcare. I I can tell you that I have seen healthcare professionals walk out of the bathroom and not wash their hands. So. So this is the information that we should have been using all along that we have never really, uh, as a whole, let me say as a whole, we don't wash our hands the way that we should, the way that we were trained as medical people. We were trained just as the doc just outlined of how we're supposed to wash our hands. But you don't see too many people doing that. Those that will wash their hands, they may run, run some water over their hands for a bath. Uh, a second or two, and then they're out the doorway and gone. But there is a technique in which we are to wash our hands and all in between our fingers, even under our fingernails, uh, gets dirty underneath. So if we were doing the things that we needed to do, we could cut down on a lot of the risks that we take and that we have uh, to spread these different diseases along the way and, and now in uh, uh, so let the doctors uh, so you're talk
8: saying, more about it. so you're saying so you're saying education institutions are not going to take the opportunity to educate people in mass on this type of uh, situation so you're saying hey, it's going we're going to go back to what we're doing so you're saying no, I, well, I mean it's
4: i'm i well, no, it's happened. We hear it on television. We heard it from the CDC. We, we've heard it from Dr. Fossey. We've heard it from people on television that's telling us the things that we need to do. These are not new things. These physicians can tell you these are not new things. These are things that medical people have done or should, should have been doing, and these are things that people should have been doing. But and, many people and my question will is, walk out of a and bathroom is, and not wash their hands. But but
8: but 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 my question is and I'm and I'm asking it again, and I'm asking I'm different kind of way this uh, time. after all this is over, it's gone now. We'll be on the other side. Okay, the next corona is down the street. On the wind's coming. What would we have learned? What do you think we can take away from this to help us uh institutionally to deal with the next corona? That's what I'm asking.
4: And I'm saying that I think that people will learn to do what has already been out there anyways, these things that they're pushing on television for us to do, avoid your faces, especially your nose, your eyes, your mouth, cover your mouth, cough into your your sleeve and not into your hands, uh, I mean your elbow and not into your hands.
8: So uh, there would be no institutionalization. So you're saying there would be no education, no fuzzing what we already got on on all that. It's going to be just like it was next time. We're waiting for the next. one. that's just saying, okay, I get it. And you're probably no, I'm right.
4: Saying, well, what I'm really saying is that if we do the things that have been trained and taught for us to do that, that is not brand new, these things, as I mentioned, my parents used to say to us as little people. And then that's the information that the CDC is putting out there to you right now. us the public health officials, these ladies, these physicians, they're telling you these are the things that we need to do. If we do these things, we can help to cut down on a lot of uh, disease processes that happen to us.
7: Ladies, go ahead. We talk about the disease processes and all that, but you know about the propaganda about how we eat and what sells on TVs, what sells at movies, and all of that. Mm -hmm. And some Mm -hmm. health professionals believe that lung problems, heart problems, uh, diabetes, that they are a gift from the Food and Drug Administration.
8: Mm, amen.
4: True, true. Yes,
8: amen. we do hear that. Now, that's true. Mm-hmm. Up. Interesting.
4: Uh, Dr. Murphy, any comments from you on that? <laughs> of course, I think Dr. Harris just brought up something brand spanking new into this conversation.
9: I'm sorry, I I, I missed which administration you said? No, I said that. I was saying that um,
7: a lot of health professionals believe that all of these comorbidities we discussed about the diabetes, the high blood pressure, the COPD, they're a gift from the Food and
9: Drug Administration. Uh, Ah, yeah. Um, (laughs) That's that's interesting. I don't know if I have a specific opinion about the FDA. Um, I do in general... Um, have problems with, um, I I think, how, yeah, I mean, I guess maybe it is the FDA. Um, I I mean, it's it's how a lot of government has kind of aligned itself with the food industry to push things that are not necessarily healthy for us, um, because somebody, I guess, um, who has influence (laughs) over those players um, Hmm. has, Influence them to push that, that message, that narrative. And so we end up, for a long time, for instance, we ended up consuming a lot of carbohydrates, which at the end of the day we know is not as healthy as cons- conser- um, consuming healthy proteins, lean proteins um, and greens. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it's learning that there is so much um, profit motive in this, in, in things that have to do with our health. Um, that's not just true with the things that we consume it's true of healthcare as well um, the I mean we, I, I, I'm often referring to the medical industrial complex right like as people talk mm-hmm. about the prison industrial complex um, yeah. I do think that that is very real, um, and, real. and we have to, we have to kind of rethink about um, what the motive is in um, in what we eat, right, in, in pushing what is healthy to eat and also what is healthy um, practice um, because we do a lot of things. Uh, we do a lot of things in, in public, not in public health per se, but in medicine um, that don't necessarily benefit the patient, um, but that, that makes someone a lot of money. <laughs> so, right. yeah. That's the like sugar, and like
7: sugar in almost everything that you purchase. That's true.
4: Right. Well, ladies, I, I know that you've been on for over an hour. I know how busy your schedule is and all that. So if you, uh, I think I, I have uh, Miss Jean Russo that would like, uh, like to ask a question or make a comment. And then we're going to transition over into another segment. We're going to talk a little bit about, uh, about our local representative uh, here in Tyler, Texas, by the name of Gomert uh, So, uh, what's going on in Washington, D.C. in regards to COVID-19 and how that we will be able to help more people if this bill is assigned by him and passed on and so forth. So, Ms. Jean, are you there? If you are, if I, you have a question of, yes, come, come right in. You yeah. have a question of these ladies?
6: I, well, yes, I just want to thank you for a wonderful show this evening, for the education and the knowledge that you're sharing with us. I think with with the children, um, it it is important that we we take the time to make sure that they are not, as you shared before, not over anxious about what is happening, but just an awareness. And I think too, it it is going to be a challenging time for the parents and for the. Um, the grandparents, whether or not they're able to be with the children, but they're going to be home. So the the importance of the self care for the caregivers, for the elderly, um, I, I think if you could touch on what are some of the things that they can do for themselves so that they don't get overstressed in in the caregiving, Role, if you will. Excellent question.
4: Do you want to comment on that, and then Dr. Harris? I don't know if we lost. Yeah. Okay. Are you there, Dr. Her- uh, Dr. Murphy?
9: Yeah, I'm. I'm still here. Um, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, we see very similar things. So, I, I'm not actually. I don't work with pediatric populations. Um, I mean, I don't see patients directly anymore, anyway. But my training is in adults. <laughs> Neurology, and so what we saw more of in terms of caregiver burnout had to do with um, care for uh, patients with dementia. Um, But I think it is similar. You know, you're you're with 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 the very young and the very old who are suffering with dementia. Um, Often you are challenged with behavioral (laughs) issues to manage, Um, and uh, it can be very stressful and very um, challenging for your mental health um, and emotional well-being. Um, the CDC yeah. actually, I think, has some good resources for this. Again, I'm going to plug this data-driven community COVID-19 response uh, Facebook group uh, that I started because there are, there are just so many. It's, I mean, it's kind of crowdsourced but but, but moderated and vetted. Um, so there are so many ideas that people have that I couldn't even begin to share with you um, that, that uh, you could adopt in your own home to make sure that people, uh, people are de-stressed um, I think one of the really important things is exercise and working that into the household routine. Um, that is still possible. Like I said, if you choose off hours and you go to, you know, parks that don't have people that are going to be super cute, you just have to avoid uh, crowds, right? So, I mean, if they're a distance away from you, it, it, it should be fine. You should not touch anything. Um, but if you're just walking around, um, this is really, really important for our mental health. Um, and, and it can be integrated into the activity of the people in your household as long as people are mobile. It uh, may be more challenging if for instance, you have older people in your house who are not mobile. Um, but that's, that's, I think, something that you could do. Um, but otherwise, I really do encourage people, because people have so many great ideas. Um, I, I encourage people to check out this resource.
7: Very, very good.
4: Uh, Dr. Harris, do you have any final comments on, on, on this in regards to that? That was a great question from
7: Ms. Dean. Uh, not really. I think we've kind of been over and over that about how to right. engage the kids. Yeah. Right. With just, you okay. know, personal family or, you know, limiting them. Yes. Sure.
4: So one final com- uh, question that I have, and a, a lot I see a lot of people out uh, when I was out trying to, to get my things uh, for the week, uh, for the two weeks. And, uh, and and some people were wearing masks. And so uh, so what, what's the uh, we can talk a little bit about M95 a little bit and the fact that that people are wearing masks. Is that really doing them any good to have the mask? Or do you recommend that? I think the CDC does not recommend. But what are your thoughts uh, in regards to the mask, Dr. Harris?
7: I haven't been pushing the mask in my office, but I do push the glove and the cleanliness. And some yeah. of the ladies were saying, "Oh my goodness, we can't find alcohol anymore," or they, right. they're, they, you know, they're having problems finding sanitizers and all of that, as you will know. Exactly. So, um, yeah. and at the nursing home, they're not pushing masks either. They're pushing um, just the sanitation and the gloves as well, and limited uh, visits. Okay. Very good. Well, ladies, we then, really appreciate- then you have three or four questions that you ask. Everybody probably knows all those questions, and right. other than that, that's the biggest deal that they're doing, and the and the restrictions of yeah, interest of entrance into the facilities and doing um, the you know taking for temps. Okay, very good. Listen,
4: ladies, we thank you so very much. I I think that's all I have, unless Bishop Gillard, if he's still on, if he has any any more questions or comments, but we really, really appreciate you ladies taking out of your very busy schedule to come on and educate us more on this disease process that's going on and what the things that we need to do and working with, in particular, with the young children. We're all very, very interested in the young children and that they're comfortable and and uh, know exactly, kind of know what's going on so that they won't be fearful of anything. That's all I have uh, in regards to that. Thank you so much and you can stick around if you'd like. And and we're gonna move on and talk a little bit about uh, one of our representatives here in Tyler, Texas, the first district, everybody knows that I ran against him. And uh, so he's the lone delayer of that uh, house coronavirus bill. Uh, that needs to move over to uh, move over to the uh, Senate, and uh, and so let's talk about this guy. I mean, I, I I really don't understand what is going on with him as to why. Uh, And someone, I've got lots of text messages and and they're saying thank you so much for uh, tonight's discussion and particularly uh, for the, uh, in regards to what we can do uh, to allay fears and frustrations for our our children. So I I want you to know that. So, Mr. Arthur, uh, why in the world do you think that our representative decided that uh, he would hold up that vote? And and I'm sure well, that Bishop may come back in regards to this conversation.
8: Well, I think he's well. First of all, he Go disappointed ahead. because he first of all, he, you know, he, he disappointed because he couldn't hang it. Right? He tried to vote to hang it the other week. Couldn't do that. So <laughs> now he okay. wants this uh, coronia. So. You know, I mean, who knows where this guy's mind is. Evidently, he's an he's obvious racist. He's an obvious, um, uh, you know, he, he wants his America back. He wants to make America great again. I mean, every slogan you can okay. think of, that's, you know, that's who he is. And so, uh, basically, you know, hopefully we can get this guy out, uh, you know, this fall. So, uh, you know, again, again, you guys have been terribly represented and misrepresented, and, and I thought we can do something about it.
4: The issue that I have is that this guy is not going to suffer for anything, whether he goes up there, uh, goes up to Washington, D.C., or whether he stays in Tyler, Texas, or whether he goes wherever it is that he wants to go. He's not going to miss a beat. He's not going to miss pay money, his salary. He's not going to miss, um, he's not going to miss any health care when he needs to have that. He's just not going, to do, he's not going to miss anything. But there are people who need our help. Uh, in this country, and he's holding up progress of moving this bill up to the Senate so that it can be passed. Yep.
8: Well, well, who, who, whoever's running against him? Uh, who, who's the person who's running against him this year? There's who a, Hank Gilbert. There's a uh,
4: Hank Gilbert that's running against him. Oh, yeah, right, Miss, Miss, Miss Riala, you there? Come right on back here. <laughs> well,
0: what's your name? Yes. What's, what's Hank your name? Gilbert. H- H-
4: he ran, for, he ran for agriculture. Uh, he ran for office way years ago, statewide in Texas agriculture. He's a um, he's retired uh, educator, agriculture teacher here in East Texas.
8: An, an Anglo guy, right? Anglo
4: guy, right? Uh, yes, he is. Mm-hmm.
8: Oh, okay. So what I'm saying is that the, that, that guy, Mr. Gilbert, uh, if he can't take uh, all this All this, all this firepower. Well, first of all, I'll ask you this question: Is he about uh, exciting the black vote? Is he about getting out the African American vote? Uh, Where where, where is he on that? Uh, Well, see, that's not good. Well, well, (laughs) that's not good already. You don't know. Well, if you don't know, (laughs) look. If you don't know, I know. (laughs) Uh,
4: Let me just share with you that there were two people that ran against uh, Louis Gomert in the um, Republican primary. And there was like one to eight, one to eight in the votes. So it's going to be very difficult for anybody, and I know that better than anybody, uh, because the on, on the Democratic ticket, the people just don't get out to vote like they should. I just face it; that's just reality, the way it is, the way it continues well, to be, even in the even kidding. in the Democratic primary. Go ahead.
8: Let me another ahead. reality. The the other okay. reality is that the power was down there to shock the world. Uh, when we, when I when I was getting the ACP, I uh, got the vote chair for 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 for, for uh, uh uh Marshall, uh, Tyler and Longview, we right. were able to we were able to kick out the district attorney down in Longview. I'm mean, down in Marshall, and mm-hmm. and and, 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 you, and he still don't know how it happened. And how it happened was those black folks. <laughs> Came together one time in their life and actually showed up. And and he was gone. And I'm telling you, the same thing can happen down there. It's just the reality. Harrison
4: County, uh, I'm going to share this with you that Harrison County, which is Marshall, Texas, uh, they're much stronger than even in Tyler, Texas. And we're much larger in Tyler, Texas. And I'm talking about, you're Mm -hmm. you're talking about the African American votes? Right, I'm talking about the right. African American vote,
8: yeah mm-hmm. yes,
4: yeah. uh, yeah. because that Harrison county was part of is part of district one, and when i when I ran in District one, there was more turnout, they worked harder in Marshall and a lot of these other small outlining areas, and we have the we have the people, but they have their boots on the ground. They did the work more than what and we I'm did just, here
8: in Smith County. And I'm saying, let's do the coalition. That's all I'm saying. Let's do the mm-hmm. coalition.
4: Mm-hmm.
8: And, and that means that individuals gotta, you know, reach out. The power is down there. It's about looking exactly it up. Clear.
4: That's Let's exactly look clear. it up. If That's you want, East Texas has the power. We have let's it. There's it over up. a million registered voters in the first district. In let's district. Let's look one. it up. Figure it out. i <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Let's see what happens. All so right. there we are. So let's move on then. If we if we're done talking about Louis Gohmert, because it just looks like it just looks like that we're not going to get anywhere with him unless people are really paying attention and they're really fed up because I I got several people that sent the article to me today so at least people are seeing uh, what he's doing uh, but is it enough of us that are seeing what he's doing or not doing uh, that we will get out there to get rid of him
8: the, the, it's going to take a lot of Gilbert. is he ashamed to be seen with black people <laughs>
4: <laughs> no. No. Miss <laughs> uh, Rihanna, do you know him? Apparently
10: not. No, I don't I think know. he's
4: ashamed. You don't think he's what
10: I don't he said he'd be a shame to well no,
8: the, I didn't be a shame to with black people.
10: No, not? but I will say this: I think his campaign manager, um, his campaign manager, is also involved in Voice West campaign, and as, as well as Judge Stacy's campaign. So I think that his campaign manager uh, should have a thorough grasp on how important the black vote he is. So it mm-hmm. it may be a conversation that needs to be had if there's a uh, if it seems as if the candidate is not. Attracting enough black folks that may be something that we need to consider uh, with our other organizations as well. I, I think he uh, needs to
4: probably spend more time in the uh, and not just drop by and leave, that he needs to spend more time uh, in in the community uh, mm-hmm. knocking on doors. You know, he mm-hmm. let me just share with you that when I first ran against uh, Gomert. He reached out to me, invited me to his home, uh, said I want to – He and his wife was living at that time. He's now since lost his wife uh, to cancer. And um, and so he invited me to his home and said, I want to help you because I want to get rid of this guy. And so, uh, so I don't think uh, probably that that may be it, but this may be um, that he's not – put it all together as far as reaching out to the African American okay, community and putting a little oh, bit oh, more time in, in the community. Okay,
8: okay ask y'all this in. Oh ask you this then. Okay, have y'all challenged him? African American community? have him y'all challenged him? In regards to him. We, we, with your agenda, with your agenda, what you want to see happen, with what you want him to be campaigning on that you all the issues that you all care about, have y'all presented them to him and challenged him, is what I'm saying.
4: He's been invited to all of our, all the events that we've had.
0: I mean, I know he's been invited. He no, no, you know,
8: not know, you I
0: get what you're saying. I'm
8: saying he needs to be talented.
4: I know, I get what you're saying, and he already knows all of the layout of what's, what's wanted and what's needed in the community.
10: When he came to Great Downing, the announcement we did. Yeah, you
8: want to let
10: him know
8: you it's ain't been satisfied. It's been let him know told. you ain't satisfied. That's all I'm saying. I ain't satisfied to your response to my agenda. That's all I'm saying. I let him know. I'm not, <laughs> you know, I don't like your response to my agenda. That's all I'm saying. And then he can do what he <laughs> wants to do after that.
4: Well, it, it's going to take a lot of fighting uh, because uh, this, Louis Gohmert has a lot of major support in East Texas. So apparently somebody likes what he has to say because, he got of a the lot of... The, because of the fact of the number of votes that he continues to get, even even when he had two Republicans running against him in the Republican primary, he still got one to eight votes.
8: Louis Gohmert got a voter suppression machine working in his behalf. That's what he got. Got a voter suppression machine working. He don't have the numbers. Got a voter suppression machine working. I'm saying challenge the voter suppression machine that okay, he's operating. Okay. So what is
4: what do you see? What do you see as the voter suppression machine that Louis Gohmert has?
7: What do you see that well, machine you know, to be?
8: Well, of course, you know, you, you know, we've been talking with DOJ about some of it. You know, basically, it's like it's like embedded within that whole system down there. And I'm saying, and I'm saying, on, on the Democratic side, y'all need to clearly, clearly state y'all's position. What y'all want this Democratic person to be representing, whether he do it or not, y'all need to, you know, uh, get him somewhere a, and prevent it. All of him.
4: that. All trust me and believe me that it's, all of that information is already there.
8: Yeah. Okay. And, and then Louis. Uh, and then and then Louie on the other side again. You know, y'all got you know, you got to just y'all gotta just go bump with the people. You gotta go bump with them. Some of them and, and, and you get mad at you too if you go bump with them. But you got, but you gotta go bump with them. You know. When I when I ran
4: safe. when I ran against well,
1: the What I'm talking No, But
4: I'm talking about me now. I'm because I'm talking okay. because I'm talking about the people. See, because okay. I know this community backwards and forward. So there's people. Mm-hmm that I went to speak to that were in Republican organizations that said I would vote for you, but you're not on the Republican ticket. And that is why I am not going to vote for you. I like everything you have to say and I like your platforms and I like how you present it, but because you have a D beside your name, I'm not going to vote for you.
8: Uh, And I guess all I'm trying to say is, I this it, it, is just me if I was and I'm not down there so again I ain't trying to judge nobody like that. But if I somebody just dropped me down there the and if I was running for Congress down there, what I would do is I would first of all see if I could put a, a an Obama coalition down there of some sort. Uh, you know, what type of coalition could I put together down in that particular area? But but first and foremost I would focus on I would focus on what I want a lot. I focus on Educate and get the African American vote out as as a base. I have to give me because you have to have a base down there. If you're black like you are, your black, you know, base, you know your base, your base pretty much got to be us. Uh, and, and so basically, uh, you know, and, and so that's what. And, and again, you know, I've like, work done in the area, you know, with you know, with the people down there. So I I I I, so I fully know what you're talking about. I know what you're saying. This is tough enough to crack, but it can be cracked. That's all I'm saying.
4: Yeah, yeah. If anything can be cracked. I, I, I believe it's just that I don't know if we've figured out how to crack that nut. Yeah, well, nothing <laughs> be cracked. And he's a,
8: and, and he right. is and, and, and he is a nut. Yeah.
4: yeah. So you caught that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> well, the people, the people that's going to. I, I, I think what we need to do is that we continue to try to find those people that are hiding in the closets, that vote sporadically, that if they could if we could figure out they, how we could make they, them understand supp- the importance of them they
8: voting. No, no, say yeah, suppressed. I... The people that suppressed. But that's what that is down there with y'all guys. Suppression. The people that suppress y'all enough, y'all on us y'all might well be in uh South Africa uh, right after, a little bit after the, they let Mandela out of jail.
4: I'm, not, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah.
8: The no, mentality. We'll figure
4: out that, figure out that revolution one day. One day. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> one, day. <clears throat> one day. One day. One <laughs> day. So, in the meantime, it's, you know, you, you can't, it's, troubling because you see when we're out there knocking on doors and we hear people say, I'm not going to be involved in that mess. And you see that they're living in a mess uh, and they don't, they're not interested in helping themselves to crawl out of that mess. And then they don't even see the fact that if they have the right people in an office that is working on their behalf, that they can better their own lives. But they're being, they're, suppressed, so so, they're
8: being suppressed. they're being suppressed. They're being told. While why you doing that, they've been told. If you go vote, I'm gonna take your. I'm gonna take your little. Your the little money you get. I'm gonna take that.
4: I understand.
8: You know, so let's work it again. Or
4: I'm going to remove you, your food stamps. So I'm going to remove well, you well, off I'm of this about. program. Well, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm
8: saying. I mean, I and I'm going to remove I, you
4: I, off I of just, that program. i mean even saying
8: word because because more white folks don't stand than black folks. So that's what i was going to say. But, I, but that I'm not being even.
4: Yes. Yeah. being suppressed. But, so we're, we're talking about. I'm just talking about the people that live in East Texas. I know that we're talking. Mm-hmm. We, we mentioned the African American vote. Uh, but right. I'm just talking about poor people, African-American votes, right. Hispanic, all all the votes, because we they have a suppressed. lot of people who are, are registered, and and that's all. They're just registered, and that's,
10: that's about it. Because
8: they're scared they're going to lose their little stamp action because that's what they've mm-hmm. been told on the suppression side. And all I'm saying is that we got to come up with a program to educate us and educate them out of that because so they're going to be stuck right there until they get the word. Until they feel protected, uh, as far as uh, as far as doing what they do, see they figure they getting food stamps or something like that. They figure they ain't got no right. They ain't got no right to do nothing. I, can't, I ain't got the right to complain. I can't say nothing. So I might lose my, you know, my food for my kids, whatever. So that's kind of what that is, you know. So, so you know, we just have to understand what it is, and let's go get a plan, go work at it from that direction. You know, you know, not from. I'm just telling you what's good for you. You ought to vote this way. We got to figure out what's making them not want to do that, and we know what it is. It's, it's, it's voter suppression. So that's this voter suppression, uh, anti voter suppression plan.
4: Right. So, what are your suggestions, then, Mr. Arthur, on how we can try to work through that voter suppression? Because, as you know, we got some runoffs that are coming up. Right here in Texas, very, very soon, um, I, you know, I, I guess we're going to we're gonna have those uh, those runoffs that they're going to be within the next, well, I think if they're in May. Isn't that runoff May 26th or something like that? Uh, mm-hmm. A little bit further, yeah, further down the line in May. So perhaps we'll be behind all of this uh, coronavirus that's going on and people will be back to some form of normalcy. I don't know. Uh, maybe not. But uh, but I know we have a runoff. We have a couple of runoffs. We have a, a Royce West runoff between Royce West and mm-hmm.
7: the military yeah.
4: personnel, M.J. Hager, and I think we have, a, uh, we have a few others. I believe we have, uh, I don't know, whatever else that we have. I know that's one. Oh, yeah, we have one locally uh, here in uh, Tyler. As a matter of fact, are you familiar with the uh, incidents between that? We just went to court uh, last week on the uh, Bobby Gorman and Willie Mims case. And so a mm. uh, Republican judge who, who ruled that on that case, and uh, so he took uh, Willie Mims, who actually won the election, off the ballot. And so now it's, it's between uh, 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 that's the interim uh, Bobby Gorman, he's the interim uh, constable, mm. And uh, uh, Mr. Trailer and I can't think of his first name right now. He came in the third place, and so now he is. What's his name? I heard Curtis. I know his last name is Trailer. You said Curtis Trailer. Okay, Mm -hmm. Curtis Trailer. All right, thanks. And then so now that's going to be a runoff between the two of them, and so the the uh, people. African American people that were packed in the courtroom was in an uproar because they said we've shown them, and and you know who we're talking about. We had uh, Constable Gorman on this uh, on our show on Monday night, and we mm-hmm. had him on on Thursday. So mm-hmm. the people were in an up; they are in an uproar here in Tyler, Texas, because they said we have shown who we want to have this this uh, seat, and then. Mm-hmm. Somebody, a judge is going to come in and tell them that their vote is not important, that their vote does not count. And see, therein lies also another issue that people don't feel that their vote counts. And this really does make them feel that their vote does not count.
8: Oh, okay. Okay. And there's another issue, and there's another place where, again, you know, first of all, we need to build these coalitions. I'm telling you about. But also, we need to actively engage and file complaints with the Department of Justice. We can't just let these people do that stuff, and then we go into some political meeting down there with them and try to solve it. That's vote suppression. We need to, yes. whether you win it or whether you lose it, you need to file some complaint about it, is my point. Every time they do something, you need to file a complaint about it. Whether you win well, it or been, lose it, you need to file a complaint about it. Because, because, you, because as you file, you build a record. About what they're doing now, as far as like getting to these people that's not understanding what you're trying to get them understand, Miss McKellar. Uh, uh, you know, we need to build coalitions. Uh, I, I remember you talking about how many groups have popped up down there. Okay, we need you know, to, I believe as, in as, coalitions, yeah, yeah. So, 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 different organizations, uh, I say more coalitions, the better. Uh, better what we, uh, what we have right now, African American, this movement is being led by by a uh, decentralized leadership, decentralized leadership. Prior, okay. Prior, the, the, the other movements we've had have been led by either uh, Malcolm and Martin, uh, Du Bois and Garvey, uh, Booker T, and so forth. So are you have Booker T, and Fred so, so I'm saying we've always had that duality. And, okay, now this movement, and what has always happened is uh, the system come and get those leaders and do something and fix it where – you know, they slow the movement down. So this movement here has been led by decentralized leadership. So that means that coalition building is at a premium. You need That's to right. know, you need to be able to go and just work with, okay, like okay, I'm, I'm organization one. I'm going to work with, I got about seven to eight, seven to ten organizations I'm working with. I'm going to go do something with each of them. I'm going to coalition with mm-hmm. each of them. If I coalition with three of them, we'll do that. Four of them, we do that. But I'm going to go around. I'm going to coalition with them. If you do that, uh, then you can and, then, and do it in the educational process in the context of educating those people that we talking about doing the same thing we're talking about. Uh, once mm-hmm. they see y'all, all y'all working together, you'll probably get a better response. They'll feel like there's a, a political structure out there to kind of protect them. Right now, they look and they don't see nothing. All they see is Louis, somebody he want to hang them.
4: <laughs> no, okay. No, they seeing more than that. They seeing more. Than <laughs> oh, that. they do. Oh, okay. okay. Oh okay.
8: yeah. Oh, okay. I'm glad to hear that.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're seeing. They're seeing a little bit more than that. <laughs> so we'll 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 talk. We'll dialogue offline. Uh, okay. About okay. uh, yes, yeah, right. So, anyways, that's that. But we got to stop him. He's got uh, he, he to be stopped because he's not working. He's not working. For the greater good of this community And, and until, until we rise up Until pe- more people understand And see that he's Not working for the greater good of our community Then and only then I guess will they decide To, uh, to go and vote him out But even, even, even those, those Republicans Could not beat him out that, they, that ran against him In this past primary A couple weeks ago who are
10: some of his biggest supporters, Gomer?
4: Uh, who who are his largest supporters? Yes, ma'am. I'll tell you that offline too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh huh. <laughs>
8: So who do you to eh, 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 support eh, eh, Let me tell you, you, about Tyler. I used to come down from time, time from time to time, and so we came down when we came down that time. Remember that lady that they shot? Uh, the police, all these good police, came and shot this woman. This, this woman laying up there, this elderly lady, killed her. And so we all came down to Tyler and uh, had this meeting. And we remember the city fathers, right? Yeah, Let's
0: I Tyler. Let's yeah, about I Tyler. remember
8: the city fathers. They they shut down the whole town because the NWCP showed up at Harvey House. Yes. I mean, close the whole Harvey, thing. Harvey Convention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, close. It <laughs> yeah. Shut the whole <laughs> ta- shut the whole town down. <laughs> so, I was so, I was doing so. away
4: in the middle of time, but I but I, I but I knew about it.
8: I knew about it. Well, we did a march <laughs> around Harvey House with the police on the on, on, you know, on the roof. I mean, it was I, I mean it was a total overreaction. Harvey Convention. Yeah You know, he came out of Westbrook to the city Right, but the city was closed
4: (laughs) And sometimes That's what it takes, right? Uh, That would end up Sometimes that's what it takes Well, we have to Well, we have to to commend uh, Miss Sierra. And her group, the new coalition, Miss Sarah, you want to tell us a little bit. Mr. Arthur was was there for your installation, but you want to share with us a little bit about your group that's just got your coalition that just got organized, and the fact that you're going to be working with the Texas Coalition of Black Democrats. Go ahead and give us a little bit about your organization, Miss
10: Sarah. Oh, absolutely! It was a great event. We were really honored, and on behalf of the Gregg County Coalition for Change, uh, we would just like to thank all of those who attended. Thank you for your support and, of course, uh, Mr. Arthur, for coming all the way from Dallas uh, to support us in our officer installation. Uh, One of the things that we want to make sure that we do in the community is have a presence and uh, energize uh, and encourage the black vote to be uh, present in in front of all of these different issues that we are facing in regards to the good old boy system and uh, the other challenges that we have in East Texas. So we want the community to know that they belong to somebody because people treat you different when you belong to somebody and when there's a group or a coalition that that will speak on your behalf, even when you don't know what to say, when you don't know what to do. You bring us your concerns, and, and we just want to be that active voice um, that really gets the people feeling more comfortable about um, Speaking up on challenges or issues of discrimination and other things that are happening in the community. So, we're excited and we're grateful that we had a, a good turnout. And we just hope that we can continue to energize the community um, to let us know what's going on. Uh, but we're going to be very visible and active in knowing the concerns Great. of the community. Great.
4: I've So, Mr. Arthur. So you know that the coalitions are already here and these things are already being done. Uh, we just hope that one day that, and, and it won't be too long from now, that, uh, that people will, will embrace the work that the handful of people continue to do. I always say that 20% of the people do 80% of the work. But we need more. We need to flip that thing, and more people like Miss Sierra, our young folks who are so involved. She actually holds the office, as you know, one of the offices there, there in the new, uh, new organization, the new coalition there in uh, Longview. And and so I I, I think we didn't we, we didn't get a chance to talk in detail much about about the, about the issue. Uh, that we experienced with the young lady and the stu- young students, and we saw, she had a packed house there, as you know. And we mm-hmm. had the young students, we had the young lady to come on our show. That the Kilgore's high school student. So, so students and young folk are rising up, they're waking up. Because I'm reminded about uh, the Nathaniel Woods issue, and how how his sister uh, is approaching mm-hmm. that governor. That governor knew that her brother. Was innocent, but they killed him last week, right? Mm-hmm. In Alabama, mm-hmm. the Alabama,
0: mm-hmm.
4: so Nathaniel yep. Woods. So and so the la- the young lady says, "You killed my brother," and she should stay right on top of her every time she sees her, show up at her office, and uh, and not because the person who actually murdered the police officers said he was mm-hmm. the one, Get to it, it. right?
8: Mm-hmm. But they killed mm-hmm.
4: him anyway. Killed
8: him yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Kill them anyway.
4: That's the world we live in, right?
8: Hey, 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 let me say something about the event that we, Sarah. Sarah, congratulations on your position, and, and I know you're going to do a great job. Yes, um, absolutely. Who, who, who? What's your little boy name, Sarah? <laughs> Aiden. <laughs> uh, uh, huh? Aiden. 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 <laughs> a-, 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 a D Y N. Aiden.
10: Yes, A Y D E N. Oh Oh,
8: yeah, yeah. Look here, look here. Aiden fell in love with Miss McKellar. Oh yeah, Aiden was fall in love that day. He's a sweetheart.
10: He
0: was on.
4: Oh, he's all
8: Miss McKellar. I'm going. I'm going.
4: What? Oh,
8: you know. He's listen, that, really
4: little, that little man is going to be somebody. <laughs> and you're going to read all about him one day. <laughs>
10: yes, he's an <laughs> alpha <laughs> in the making. Uh-huh. So it's only right that he loves Miss McKellar. So continue to uh, yeah, pursue. He's a sweet.
0: You're pretty. Jesus, sweet. you look very nice. <laughs>
6: Stop
4: it, stop it, frat. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> That's my little sweetheart. <laughs> I'm <know>. telling you. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to tell your woman. husband
10: about him. You better you tell your husband.
0: I
4: I'm going to tell
10: him know. about him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you. Because Green adorable. was taken by him as well. <laughs> Who was taken by him? I said, Al Who? Green when he went to the gala and uh, Oh yeah, oh, yes,
4: I saw. Oh, he was adorable down there with uh, Congressman Green. <laughs> uh-huh. He was yeah, adorable. See, yeah. You he, had him dressed I, so he, really, smart.
8: I, he ready to go. He's seems he to get grown. Oh,
4: listen, <laughs> listen. He made he's made his rounds. People know him all across Texas. Believe me. Oh yeah, already, already. He's down all across <laughs> <in North>
8: Texas. <laughs> 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 exactly,
4: exactly. That's yeah. adorable. Well, okay, listen, the one thing that I can tell you in, in, before we end, because it's 9.55, is that, that we got to readjust our binds uh, for this COVID-19. And I know it's difficult. As everybody knows, I, I, I'm a public girl. I'm out all during the day working on issues and things, but uh, but I've readjusted my mindset, and I said I can get a lot of things done. I got As long as I have my computer and my phone, I can continue to work and, and operate and, and move about. Uh, and I believe that we have to, in order for us to put a halt to this COVID-19, as that it starts with each one of us individually. Make sure that that this thing doesn't continue to spread about. Because I don't think that we've seen the end uh, of cases. I think we're going to see more cases because people are just continuing uh, life as is, and until we make some changes about uh, how we handle this, then it's it's going to continue. So we gotta follow what the CDC says as much as we possibly can. Keep our distance. Uh, it says six feet from one another, and that's not difficult uh, to do. Uh, we can do these. We can do this. We, we can. We can do anything. That, that the, whatever the mind can conceive and believe, it can achieve. And I believe that we can achieve this uh, if we all work together a, as a unit. So that's my final comment on tonight, uh, wash those hands, uh, as, as uh, they say to the children, sing happy birthday twice, uh, but get all in between those fingers, wash frequently, uh, you know, we, our hands may look like prunes, but we'll, we'll still be alive, right, and use the hand sanitizer uh, as much as you possibly can after you, if you can find it, uh, it it's been difficult to find, it really has, because people are wiping out the shelves and so I say, uh, don't pr- price gouge. Uh, there was somebody that I heard that had bought up uh, hand sanitizer and was out there selling it at a, at a pretty price. That's mm-hmm. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> That's just wrong wow. in all in all aspects. Go ahead, uh, go ahead, Miss Sierra. You're <laughs> right. Yeah, it's wrong. I mean, it's enough. Products out there that we can we can share, everybody can have some so that they can continue to to do all the things that the CDC, the uh, Center for Disease Control, tells us. There's one that question, we
8: need. Ms. Kelly, there's one question I want to Correct? ask you. Uh, yes, I, I ain't got no straight answer on it yet. Why toilet okay. paper? Why toilet paper? I'm trying toilet. to figure out why toilet paper. No, nobody's explaining it to me. Why toilet paper? No, See, toilet
4: paper paper is the same as the hand sanitizer. Because if you can't get out there to get the supplies, all they're doing is stocking up on supplies—paper towels, uh, uh, toilet paper, hand sanitizer, or um, alcohol, uh, cleaning supplies. It's just an—it's just another supply that you need, just in case you can't get out and go to the store. You have plenty, and I keep plenty of that—that that kind of thing, anyways. And yes, I got a few more, but uh, but it's no differently <laughs> from from the hand sanitizer. Hey, you got. You have to have that, right? So these are things that you need to have. That's all that's saying. So I, it's easy to understand that, right? Now you got it. Do you have it now?
0: I guess. <laughs> okay. I, yeah. okay. That,
4: okay. What? What if? What if you in two weeks? In one week, they say, okay, we're going to shut this uh, country down uh, because if you notice, it started out with uh, less than fifty. Don't don't be involved with people fifty and more. And then it brought it down to 30 and so forth. And now we're down to don't be involved with more than 10 people around you. Then pretty soon it's going to be don't be involved with zero people. And so that's, all I'm saying is that you.
8: See, you, you're going to make me go and buy some extra toilet paper. You keep talking.
4: You, you, you should keep that stuff stocked in the house anyway. And that's all that yeah, just make sure you have ample supplies. That's all that that's all that they're saying. Yeah. Okay. Make sure So and see but 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 it's two of us and one of you, so you don't need as much as I do. So you don't have
8: to double your product.
0: Just get enough to ruin. So you can well,
8: leave, I am so gonna go buy her ass's shop. Okay, so uh, that's where I go
4: shop. <laughs> exactly. Okay, <laughs> thank you so much, uh, Miss Sierra, for being on. Thanks to all of those that have been listening out there. We appreciate the two docs for being on with us tonight and enlightening us on the uh, COVID-19. And just, oh, thank you, just be mindful. Of, yeah, be mindful of your environment. And now we turn it back over to Miss Rihanna, who's been a little quiet today. Miss Rihanna, take care of yourself. Uh, get rid of that flu bug and all that. Stay in the house and protect yourself and, and take care of the family. And then we look forward to seeing you right back here again on next Monday, on Marvelous Monday. Thank you so much. Get God well, bless you. Get,
8: Thank well, you. get well, get well, get well, I know get, get right.
4: well, we we, Rihanna.
8: That's right. That's one person up, we, need to,
4: we need to keep her well, don't we? Thank yeah, you, everybody. Yeah, see, you, see you next Monday good night. night. Good night. Good night. night. Thank night. you. Good night. Good night.
7: One
11: day When the glory comes It will be out It will be out Oh, one day When the war is
1: Justice is just a position in us Justice for all just ain't specific enough One son died his spirit is revisiting us True and living living in us resistance is us That's why I rose the on the bus